let's have a conversation. Let's do that. I'm here today with Juana Johnson, who I have met today for the first time. She let me know pretty early on that she grew up in communist Romania. So tell me your story. Where did you grow up and how long did you live there? I grew up in Târgoviște, Romania, which was the capital of Wallachia and the town of Dracula, Vlad the Impaler. And I lived in Romania for 27 years until I moved here because I married someone from Charleston, South Carolina. Did you ever see Dracula? No, not personally. I did see his pictures and I do know where his castle was because it was about two blocks from my parents. So I'm guessing you're not a very spiritual person. But not that way. So you grew up under communism. I did. My entire life. I grew up under communism and I, I lived under communism for 18 years. It was a terrible situation for most people. In communist Romania, you didn't have the option to buy books. There were maybe two hours of TV every day, one hour of propaganda, and another hour of some sort of Nazi or communist movies. In order to go outside the country, you had to ask for approval, and you did not have access to your passport unless you got approval from the security of Romania, which is kind of like a KGB in Russia. And so you had to actually ask for that approval, get your passport if you wanted to travel anywhere outside the country. And for the most part, the approval was given if you were traveling to a different communist country. But if you were traveling out west, that was much more difficult. It was generally a terrible time for most people. But what that did to the Romanian people is it brought them closer together. So the relationships that the Romanians built were lifelong relationships and everybody was helping everybody because it was so harsh living in Romania that people were relying on each other to live. Oh my God, I have so many questions. Shoot, let me think of a follow-up one. So when you say it was hard to travel to non-communist countries, did you ever try to do that? And if so, how did that go for you? So I was able to travel to Poland. I was able to travel to Hungary. And I know my mother was able to travel to Russia. Oh, and we were all able to travel to Czechoslovakia at the time, which is now the Czech Republic. All of these were communist countries. We did not attempt to travel to a non-communist country, mainly because my father was the accountant for the Communist Party's operation in the county we were living in. So anything that we did that would upset the communist system in any way could cost my dad his job. Another thing I forgot to mention is we were not allowed to go to church. We were told in school that if we went to church, we would be punished. We would get lower grades or we could even be expelled. I did go to church, but if my father took me to church, he would drop me off two blocks off from the church so that nobody knew that he would be anywhere near a church. What kind of church did you go to? Orthodox church. Do you still go to an Orthodox church? I do. God loves you. I hope so. Did you have to go to church in secret then? Was the Communist Party aware that you were going to church? Or was it okay for you to, as long as your dad was not really near it? 
it was really not okay for me. But by the time I was growing up, the Romanian people were so fed up with the communism that they were not really taking action. So teachers would not take action against kids that would go to church. It was frowned upon, but you wouldn't necessarily suffer many consequences. You could. It, it was possible. So it depended on the teachers. But I've never suffered any consequences. If anybody saw me, nobody said anything. Just for my audience, what year were you born? 1972. So theoretically, you could have gotten in trouble for going to church, but your dad took you anyway. Why did he do that? Was that something you wanted him to do or something he wanted you to do? And were there any other Communist Party rules that your family broke? Broken quotations, because it doesn't sound like they were strictly enforced. Okay, so that's a threefold question. I wanted to go to church. My dad was not opposed to it, and he didn't always take me to church, but we only had one car and only my dad drove. So if I wanted somebody to drive me to church, then my dad would. He just wouldn't drive me close to the church. He was not opposed to it. He, I think my dad, well, my dad kept a Bible in the house, which was not permitted, really. And also, we often listened to Voice of Europe or Voice of America on the radio. That I don't think anybody knew about because if you were caught listening to these illegal programs on the radio, then you could actually go to jail. It was considered treason. Did you ever go to jail? No. People are pretty smart about listening to these things in their own home so that they didn't end up in jail. I don't know anybody who ended up in jail while I was growing up. I have heard stories of people ending up in jail before I was born. How closely did the Communist Party monitor you and your family and your movements? I, I don't know. I think my parents were probably somewhat monitored because of where my dad worked and because also my mom was not a member of the Communist Party. She refused to join. In fact, my dad, in order to get the position, the job that he had, my, my dad had to take an exam three times. He was the only one that passed this exam. See, the Communist Party wanted their affairs to be handled by someone competent. So they had a, a very hard test in order to get the job. So my dad took the test and he was the only one to pass the first time, the second time, and the third time. And they finally gave him the job. But initially, they weren't going to give him the job because my mom refused to join the Communist Party. How'd your dad feel about that? And how is she allowed to do that? Well, technically, she wasn't allowed to do that, but there wasn't much they could do to her other than put her in jail. And I don't think they wanted to put her in jail because they really needed my dad to handle their financial affairs competent. And my dad had no problem with her not joining the Communist Party. In fact, my dad joined the Communist Party as a youth member. And once you were in, you couldn't get out. There was no such thing as leaving the Communist Party. You were in for life. Like a gang? It, it was a very big gang. It was probably 90% of the population of Romania was part of this gang, including kids. Like you, you became a member of the Youth Communist Party when you were in second grade. Were you a member of the Youth Communist Party? Oh, yeah. 
as a youth, as a child in, in middle school, and then as a youth member in high school. Did they make you sing any songs? Oh, yes. They had choir. And, you know, like any school here might have a choir. But the only songs we were singing were communist songs. Can you sing me a song now? I don't think I remember them. I probably blocked them out. What else did they do growing up? Did you have to wear specific uniforms? Did you have to recite certain phrases? What did they teach you about non-communist countries? Basically, what I am asking is, can you tell me about what school is like for you? We actually had a very good education if you, maybe for social science. But if you're looking for education as far as history goes, the history was modified to encourage people to believe in communism. Most of our classes were geared towards what did the Communist Party do and why this is so much better for us than living in, in a Western country, in a democracy. Even in high school, I remember having to take these tests and the questions were things like, well, what did Ceausescu say in the 12th Congress meeting in 1976? So you basically had to memorize what the president of Romania said about how good communism was and recite it for your tests in history. Do you remember what he said? No, I do not. Can you think of anything you learned that you later found out was not true about capitalism or non-communist countries? Or is there any specific event you have a visceral memory of finding out later that it wasn't true? Oh, there were multiple things that we've learned, but the, the biggest thing was if you live in a Western country in a democracy, you are a disadvantaged person because you don't have equal rights with everybody around you. And it's only the rich people that have liberties like getting a good education, getting access to books or travel or any luxury curricular activities. That's obviously not a true statement. People here have access to that regardless if they want it. I hear a lot of people talk about how unless you are in the top 1% in America, unless you are earning a certain amount of money, you can't really live or have a good life here. Coming from communist Romania, where you were told that was true as a child, how do you feel about Americans who say that living here? I don't believe that's true. When I moved over here, I had two suitcases and $2,000. And I worked and I studied and I became a successful attorney, I believe. I don't know that I am the 1%, but I have a comfortable life and I have access to education. I had access to, my child had access to education. I'm able to travel. I'm able to read. I'm able to do things that I would have never been able to do in a communist society. The look in your eye that you just got now is very interesting. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I believe you get opportunities in a democracy that you will never get in a communist society. What specific opportunities other than education and the right to work are you thinking of? I am thinking that not only do you get the education and the right to work, but if you are a person that really wants to get something, you have the opportunity to work hard enough to get to where you want to be. It's difficult to do that in a communist country because 
For example, in Romania, we had a saying, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. People didn't really have an incentive to work because it was mandatory that you had a job. And so they, they went to work and they made a little bit of money that they couldn't use for anything because there was nothing to buy. There was no opportunity to travel. So you really couldn't make something for yourself. When you say there was nothing to buy, what do you mean? I mean, you couldn't find clothes. You couldn't find shoes. You couldn't find food. I think I might have mentioned this, but people literally went to the stores at three o'clock in the morning and lined up in front of the stores, hoping that there will be something to buy, like meat or milk or bread or oil. How many times did you stand in line and see that there was nothing to buy? I was pretty privileged. My parents and grandparents would go do that. So I maybe did it, I don't know, once every six months. But generally, I didn't do it. And children didn't, for the most part, children didn't do it. You would see adults do that. How many times would your family or you and your family go to the store and come back with nothing or be able to buy nothing? Every day. How many times did you go hungry? I, I did not go hungry. And that's because my grandfather's sister lived in the city that had a house with a backyard. And my grandfather raised pigs and rabbits and chickens so that we didn't go hungry. Sounds like a good man. He was a very good man. Now, not everybody had that opportunity. See, what happens is even for people that had relatives in the country, the communists took all the land from, from people. So people didn't have their land to cultivate and to raise animals. Some people were able to raise, you know, maybe one pig and maybe a couple of chickens, even in the country, which was terrible. So when you say the Communist Party owned all the land, what did that mean for you and your living situation and for your grandfather and his small home farm? Could the Communist Party come in at any time and tell you to leave? And did that happen to you? And if not you, did it happen to anyone you were friends with or knew of? Okay, so let's start with, could the Communist Party come take what you owned? Yes. It's like, here, you're saying the government owned all the land, all the farms, everything. There were a few homes left in every city that hadn't been taken by the government. And that's because they generally took the houses when they built big apartment buildings. So everybody that had a home in a city lived with the fear that at some point the government would come and tear that down, take it away from them, tear it down, and build a big apartment building. Did it happen to my family? No, because the only person that had a home like that was my grandfather's sister, and they hadn't gotten to that street to build a big apartment building. Did it happen to other people I knew? Lots of people. What was the process of the government telling those people, hey, we're going to build a house here? How much notice did they get? They, they probably got maybe a month or two notice. And what happened is the government would knock on your door and say, okay, we're going to take over your home and you're going to move to this particular 
apartment building down the street or somewhere in the town. They were making alternate living arrangements for the people, but in an apartment building, which was, we called them matchboxes because they were very tiny little things. That sounds horrific. It was horrific. People lived in their homes for tens of years, and then all of a sudden, somebody knocked on your door and said, we're going to tear down your home. You're moving to an apartment that you can't own. What else could the government take from you? Anything they wanted. You were not entitled to own anything. If the government wanted it, they would come get it. Can you think of anything specific that was taken from you or someone you knew that was special and precious and maybe not at home? Maybe something like a business or a pet or something very minute and small. What I'm asking is, is there anything you can think of the government taking from you that really stuck with you? Well, first of all, there were no private businesses. All the private businesses were taken over by the government. So there was nothing that they could take in that area. They could come take, let's say, the animals you were raising, but they I've not encountered that. They were able to take anything. They were able to take, if you had jewelry or precious coins or something or or stamps collections, they could come take. How do you feel owning a house now? How did it feel when you bought your house here? If you have bought a house here, I'm just assuming based on the fact that you told me you're a successful attorney and grew up not owning anything or not being allowed to own anything. I'm assuming you bought something. I, I did. In fact, we just built a house recently, but I think we bought our first home in 2000, about two, three years after I moved here. It was a feeling of accomplishment. Here I was, had just moved here in 98, and in 2000 or 2001, we were able to buy our first home. That was almost unbelievable for me and for my parents. You know, they, they came and visited, and it was not just joy. It was almost hard to believe that someone is able to come to America, get a job, and buy a house in three years. Look in your eye right now is very bright and happy and smiling and a lot unlike the one you had just 10 minutes ago. Well, it's because 10 minutes ago I was probably talking about the memories of communism and how you couldn't own anything and you couldn't travel and you couldn't read. And now I'm talking about something I was able to accomplish, even though, like I said, when I moved here, I was the proud owner of two suitcases and $2,000. Are your parents still in Romania? My mom passed away in 2020, but my dad is still in Romania, yes. Romania is no longer a communist party since 1989. Were you in Romania up until the fall of communism, or were you able to escape before? Can you tell me about that? I was in Romania until the communism fell. In fact, the president of Romania, Ceausescu, which a lot of people probably heard of, was executed after a trial that lasted about 10 minutes. He was accused of genocide, and while he denied it, it was a unanimous decision to execute him. And he was shot about a block from where my grandparents live in a military base. I remember I could hear the shots when they executed him. What do you mean you could hear the shots? They had a squad that executed him. It was live on TV also. 
but I could hear the shots from this military base that was literally a block from my grandparents' house where I was when he got killed. Can you describe how you felt and what that moment was like for you? I felt relieved. I felt like chains were taken off of us. I I felt like we were free to live. Did you cry? Yes, but they weren't tears of sadness. They were tears of joy. How long did you stay in Romania after the fall of communism? Nine years. Can you tell me what those nine years were like and how the living conditions changed? Everything changed. I was last year in high school when the communism fell. I started college the year after that, and it was great. It was like everything had opened up. You were able to do things. You didn't have to worry about saying something that could offend the Communist Party and ending up in jail. You didn't have to worry about not being able to go anywhere. It was was just surreal almost. You were able to actually go to a store and buy coffee or whatever you needed. There was an influx of merchandise that came into Romania from different countries from Turkey, from Bulgaria, from Hungary. And people were buying things like, you could probably compare the the rate that people were buying things of with the rate of people buying things here after the Depression. You know, they were so desperate to have things that they were buying and storing everything just in case something happened and they wouldn't have access to it anymore. It was that kind of desperation originally. But then... You know, everything slowed down. People realized we're going to continue to have these things. We don't need to just fill our houses with stuff. But that was that was just the the material part of it. But the good part of it was also being able to gather and enjoy life, being able to go see a, a real movie, being able to go to a concert where the songs were real songs and not praising the Communist Party. It was just good. What did you buy a lot of? I think coffee was probably the what I bought the most and and clothes. You know, you couldn't find clothes and deodorant and things like that. Like simple necessities you were not able to buy. And so that's probably what I bought the most. How do you feel when you walk into an American mall? I mean, I know malls aren't super popular now. I still like them. How do you feel when you walk into a mall or a grocery store and see everything you could ever want to buy laid out for you just just to grab? You know, going on Amazon. Everything you want. Touch your fingertips. Well, now I, I don't have that feeling. But when I first moved here, I, I was shocked. I was overwhelmed. In fact, I remember... My husband had this habit of going to a grocery store and just grabbing stuff. So I told him, you cannot go into a grocery store hungry and unsupervised because you're buying everything that you can see. And I just can't conceive buying all of this stuff because I grew up with not being able to buy anything. So it was overwhelming. Was your husband Romanian as well? No, my husband is not Romanian. My husband is from... New Jersey, actually. He was born in New Jersey, but raised in South Carolina. But watching him buy things like any American does was a little scary, quite frankly. How did you meet your husband? And was he why you moved to America? I met 
my husband in 1993 when he came to Romania on a mission trip to help in an orphanage. He came with a group of doctors. He's not a doctor. But what happened is these doctors came to his church and were looking for youth to come on a mission trip. The youth didn't go on the mission trip, but my husband, who was a youth advisor at the time, said, I will come and I will help fix the orphanage, fix the buildings, because he was working in construction at the time. And I was working for Baylor, who at that time had a program in Romania, well, had several programs in Romania. So I was working for Baylor, and the doctors that my husband came with and the Baylor people knew each other. So they asked me if I would go translate for this group of doctors that was going to an orphanage about 20 minutes away from my hometown. So I took some time off from Baylor and I went and translated and I met my husband and he kept coming back, coming back and coming back. And five years later, we decided to get married. Love it. So you were volunteering at a Romanian orphanage. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I remember studying those in college when I was in an attachment theory class and a lot of interesting stuff I read about those Romanian orphanages. Can you tell me your experience with them? So the orphanages in Romania were terrible. People didn't have the means to raise their children. And the biggest problem was that during communism, there were no legal contraceptive methods. You were not allowed to use any contraceptive. Abortions were illegal. In fact, a lot of doctors went to jail. And a lot of women went to jail. They were, you know, if they tried to have an abortion or used any contraceptives. So a lot of children were born and people didn't have the means to take care of them. So they would take them to an orphanage. The problem was you would have an orphanage with 200 children and three caretakers for the night. Well, clearly three caretakers cannot take care of 200 children. So it was great that Mission trips happen and people from America and different other countries came over and helped with, with these children and gave them some human attention because the staff wasn't able to, even if they wanted to. How do you feel seeing abortion and other contraceptive methods be banned in America now? I feel like I want to go back to Romania because they're not illegal there anymore. So what was your childhood like? What food did you eat? And when you say propaganda, what did you watch on television or hear on the radio? It sounds like you had a bit of a different experience than a typical Romanian child, but I know communism. When you're living under communism, it affects everyone. It definitely affects anyone. I was maybe a little bit more privileged than most people, but the cultural side of it was the same for everybody. There was nothing on TV to watch other than propaganda. What I mean is we had TV from 8 to 10 every day. From 8 to 9, we had one, it was kind of like the news here, except for the news were only about what the president did that day and how the Communist Party makes things so much better for us versus anybody in a democratic country. And then the second hour was generally a movie, and it was generally a Nazi movie or 
a movie about somebody raising in the ranks of the Communist Party and how hard they worked and how could they could get to the point where they could have an apartment of their own and a family and how they spread manifests about the communist country and how they had to fight the Germans to become a communist country. That was pretty much the extent of exposure. Can you tell me about these Nazi movies? So when I say Nazi movies, they were movies against Germany, against the Nazi you know, party and Hitler and about how bad the Germans oppressed everybody in the Eastern Bloc and how the Russians were able to defeat the Germans and how good everybody should feel about the Russians being able to take over most of the Eastern Bloc and how the Russians helped us because we are all communists and we're now equal and have all these opportunities, which we didn't. I mean, Nazism and communism both seem like not good ideologies to me. When you were suffering under communism, was there ever a time you wondered, maybe the Nazis have it right? Obviously, Nazism is bad, and I know you know that now. But growing up, was there ever a period in which, when you were living under these communist conditions, you thought, Maybe the Nazis are onto something. Maybe Nazism would be better than what I'm living under now. I don't think that anybody in the communist bloc thought that Nazism was better. I think everybody thought that Hitler was bad and his, his propaganda was bad. Most people realized that that was an exception. And most of the countries in the Western Europe do not follow the Nazi propaganda and the Nazi vision. And they did not believe that they were the chosen race. So life was much better in a democratic regime than a communist regime. Propaganda can be so effective, especially when it's all you've ever been allowed to see, to listen to, to be around. At what age did you realize that this communism propaganda was So you're right. Propaganda can be very effective. For the most part, it was for some people. I think I realized pretty early on that this was not the good side of things. And I credit my family for that. My parents were educated. My grandparents were educated. My grandfather believed in the communist system, but he was the only one in the family that believed in the communist system. My parents and my grandmother read books, exposed me to books. and In fact, my mother and grandmother used to go to the bookstore and bribe the bookstore clerk so that they could get books other than communist books so we can all read. And that there were, they were editing a few books, but it was like, you would go to a bookstore, and if you were lucky, the day that they brought the books to the store, they would bring three books at each bookstore. So you had to basically build a relationship with a bookstore clerk so you can get a few books that were not communist. What books do you remember really liking? I remember liking a lot of crime books. I loved <laughs> Agatha Christie, for example, growing up. And I read all her books in Romanian. I love Agatha Christie. Okay. Then we're on the same page. Did you ever bribe a bookstore clerk? I did not. By the time I was 18, 
communists had fallen, and I was able to buy books without bribing a clerk. What was the first book you bought? Agatha Christie? Probably not, because by the time I was 18, I think I had read all her books. Did you all hide the books you'd bought somewhere in your house where no one could find them? Was there ever a risk of the Communist Party going in, invading your house, and reading things? My parents kept all of their books at my grandparents' house. So I don't know that they were keeping them there to hide them because my father was working for the Communist Party. But I think that they felt it was safer if the books were at my grandparents' house. What would have happened to you and your family if you had been caught with non-state sanctioned media? My father would have lost his job. And depending on how anti-communist the media was, you could go to jail. I'm almost afraid to ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What happened in communist jail? People were tortured in communist jail. I feel like I should ask more questions about that, but I just don't want to... It sounds very painful. It was, from what I understand. I don't know anybody who was tortured in jail. My parents knew people and my grandparents knew people that were tortured in jail, but I didn't meet anybody. Can you tell me some other childhood memories you have of what it was like growing up under communism? That's a very broad question. (laughs) Can you tell me what playtime was like growing up? Did you have that in school? And if so, what was it like? Did you have gym? Did you have gymnastics? We had, well, okay, so when you started school in first grade, when you, yes, first grade, you had four hours of school every day, and then the classes were 50 minutes, and then you had 10 minutes of break, and that was for playtime. And then you kind of built relationships with the people in your class, and then you had playtime at home. People encouraged their kids to get together and play because there was nothing else to do. We did have camps. So I I remember going to lots of camps. The camps that we had that were nice were generally like math camps or physics camps or, you know, education-oriented camps. There were other camps, but they were not as nice. So I do remember going to math camps because I loved math. I still do. Every year. And it was great. The relationships that we built and I'm still friends with people I went to school with and to high school with. And we stay in touch and we talk and we help each other still. Because that was what you did. You built relationships. So that was that was probably one of the best parts of communism. You built relationships that are hard to build here in America because we have everything. How do you see your American friends? That's a twofold question. There are some friendships that I feel are just as strong as the, as the friendships I have with my friends in Romania. Not very many. And for the most part, the friendships are with people that are of origins other than American, like Greek or Russian or some other nationality. How old were you when you moved to America? And what was the first thing you did when you got here? I was 27 when I moved to America. But I had been to America before. The first time I came to America, I was 21 and I was in college. And I 
came because some friends of my aunt and uncle's were adopting a baby in Romania. And they came to to get their baby and realized that the paperwork wasn't ready and it was going to be months before they could actually bring their boy home. But they were both attorneys, so they couldn't just travel back and forth every three days. And they asked me if I would agree to bring their son when the paperwork was done. And I agreed. So I came and visited. and They lived in Philadelphia. So it was beyond overwhelming. When I first came here in 1993 to visit, it, it was incredible. It was like, first of all, the people I was staying with were well off. They were both attorneys. They had a big house with lots of land. They had horses. They had, I don't know, four or five dogs. I mean, they were well off. They owned property in Florida. We went to Disney. It was just incredible. It was like a dream. It was like everything that anyone could dream of in Romania. Everybody dreamed about going to America, going to see Disney, seeing the big houses that Americans live in. It was, it was like a dream. I went to Disney when I was a child, and I remember it being so fun. What did it feel like being at Disney for you? It felt so glamorous. It felt like magic. Disney is a magical place. Do you think that Americans fully understand how lucky they are to live here? I doubt that most Americans understand. I think there are some that understand. There are some Americans that maybe went to a communist country and experienced what communist country was like, maybe still have relatives that lived in a communist country. But for the most part, I think it's almost impossible to realize how lucky you are to live in a country like America versus a communist country. How do you feel when you see Americans on TV talking about how they wish they lived under communism or more commonly socialism? What do you think about that? I think that they, what they believe communism or socialism to be is almost utopic. I think that had they, that if they understood what communism was really like, and if they experienced that for even a week, they would change their perspective drastically. Do you think capitalism is the best system to live under? I think that it's the best system that exists at the moment. There's probably a better way, but we haven't found it yet. How do you feel about American politicians? I feel like everything in politics in America and pretty much everywhere in the world is so fake. It's so pretentious. You know, politicians will sit there and tell you that they have your interest at heart, but it's possible. That's not possible. Most people are selfish and have their own interest at heart first. And then whatever suits them, if it helps you too, that's great. That's how I feel about politics in general. Do you vote in elections? I do. Who did you see executed? Ceausescu. Ceausescu. I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Chau... Ceausescu. Ceausescu. Oh my gosh. Okay, Ceausescu. Stop laughing at me. I'm I'm trying really hard. It's not my native tongue, very obviously. Okay, that's beside the point. So you saw him executed on television and you heard the gunshots. In fact, the whole America saw him executed on TV because it was live here too. 
So you saw something very brutal happen to a communist leader. How do you feel about watching news about Trump potentially going to prison? How do you feel about an American president going to jail? I'm not sure he's going to go to jail to begin with. But if they did something so atrocious that they deserve to go to jail, I feel just fine about it. I think that, you know, they they are ultimately regular people and they should be subject to the same laws as anybody else in the country. I don't remember where, but I read something online from someone who talked about how Trump going to jail would be like living under communism. What would you say to that person? I would say, why in a democratic system would you protect someone who was a president and allow them to do something that you wouldn't allow anybody else in the country to do? What makes you think that the laws shouldn't apply to an ex-president? I would say that protecting a president or somebody in high power from the law is very communist. And, And let me explain. If you were in Ceausescu's circle, you were almost immune from anything. You were sure you would never go to jail unless you betrayed the Communist Party. But other than that, if you stole or lied or did anything, a regular crime, you were sure not to go to jail. So protecting a president or ex-president actually is pretty communist. This is so interesting. So those are all the questions I wrote while we were getting our pedicures. So I know we are coming up on time. Any final words you have about communism or America or what you think people should really appreciate about living here? I think before people decide that it would be best to live in a communist or socialized society, they should find a way to actually experience communism. I think that the idea of communism is just something that actually can never be accomplished. The communism as we see it, a perfect society, is utopic. How can I recreate the conditions of communism from my own home? Well, you pretty much do not allow yourself to watch TV for more than two hours a day and make sure that you only watch movies that are propaganda-oriented. Or You'll find movies about Auschwitz here on different channels, so you probably restrict yourself to watching those movies or movies about old movies about Communist Party in different countries. It would be difficult to reconstruct the news information that was on TV because it was literally how good the Communist Party was and what the president did or say that day. So that would be impossible. You would restrict yourself from reading books. You would restrict yourself from traveling. And then I don't know how to recreate going to the store and being able to buy nothing. That is impossible in America. Oh, gosh. Everything you're saying, it's just very profound. And there are more things I want to ask you. Do you think Americans suffer at all from having access to everything, to never really being deprived of anything? Do you think that there are negatives that come from that? I think Americans are entitled for the most part. And what's sad about it is I find myself sometimes entitled. You know, I've been here for 25 years now. So sometimes I find myself 
thinking I'm entitled to this, even though I come from a, a society where I wasn't really entitled to anything. But it's, you know, the good always takes over and you get used to it. So the entitlement, I think, is a problem. But we're used to it. Yeah. And, and so am I now. That doesn't make it good. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for talking to me about communism and growing up in communist Romania. Thanks for having me. It was fun.